Welcome to the Marvelous Middle Age podcast. In this episode, I speak with my sister. Megan Kinnats is a busy mom, wife, business owner, and entrepreneur, and she also happens to be my boss. We talk about our childhood, working with family members, affirming who we are in midlife, how we want to spend our time these days, and our Enneagram types. Enjoy part one of this episode with my sister, Megan Kinnats. Welcome to the Marvelous Middle Age Podcast, Megan Kanatz. I'm so excited that you're here. When I was thinking about doing this podcast, you were absolutely the first person that I thought I of. I was? Yes. Oh, awesome. I I'm, know. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. It'll be just like a one of the many conversations we have daily. I know. We talk every single day. And you might be wondering, folks, why we do that. It's because we're sisters. Megan is my sister. Yes. Younger younger. sister by three years and nine months or eight months. Three years and eight months. Don't round it up to four. She always rounds it up to four years. I'm not four years older. It feels. It feels like I'm significantly younger. uh, And no, that is not it. (laughs) Not at all. We're sisters and we're friends and we work together. And so there's just a lot. We have a lot to talk about and a lot to share. So. Yeah. And we're kind of in the same season, you know, we're in the same kind of age demographic and we have kiddos the same age and yeah, we work together. We uh, are a very close family. So some people might be like, oh my gosh, there's probably just a tons of drama and fighting. And no, we don't. We don't. No, we, uh, we've even been, you know, people have commented, uh, wow, you guys get along so great. Like not only us, our whole family, we, I know uh, we really, really do. We're really blessed because I, I know that isn't the case for everybody. We get, we get along very well. Um, growing up together, our family has always been really close. Mm-hmm. We have been friends and had common interests since we were little we joke about our childhood and mm-hmm. just our differences which we can get into later too yeah. being different enneagram numbers and yep definitely we definitely have different personalities for sure but we have common interests and uh growing up being the younger sister mm-hmm. and you're the you're the middle child the so middle we also child. have a brother who is 10 mm-hmm. years younger than i am he's six years younger than you so he was kind of the little surprise at the end there we thought we were getting a dog i remember that because mom and dad were like oh we have a surprise for you and it was right before christmas maybe like a month before christmas and we were so excited we thought we were going to get a puppy and they're like oh we're having another baby and we're like oh we, we really? wanted a dog. No, we got a wonderful brother. Yes, he's wonderful. And but we, I also remember that we, when our parents were tossing around name ideas, mm. um, if it was a girl, his name was going to be Ashley Catherine, and we were both we were really furious because we, we were furious. That name was better than ours, and we were we, we were, were pissed. Let's yeah, be honest. We were so upset. We kept recommending, you know, and no offense to anyone who's this name, but you know. Bertha and Beulah and names like that were like, what about that? And they were like, no. So we were furious. And so then when dad called and said it was a boy, we were like, oh, thank God, it's a boy. Yeah. So we got Michael and uh, didn't have to to deal with being trumped on the name. I know. That would have been (laughs) terrible. We thought that name was better. Um, But we got along great um all three of us growing up and mm-hmm. you and I were um close growing up still are today we just had different personalities so mm-hmm. a couple of the jokes we had from our childhood would be um 
We were both really into Barbies. Yep. And I am just more of, you know, you're the organized, more meticulous um, person. And so, and you were older, right? So lots of things like we would play Barbies, but your Barbie was always kind of like the Barbie in charge or you would kind of dictate how. My Barbie was the wealthy, popular Mm -hmm best Barbie and yours was like the trash Barbie that the everybody hated Barbie. and nobody liked and I was you always, were always made fun of. I was always missing a shoe, you know, yeah. but that was my own doing like my outfits. Yours were organized. So I would always want to borrow your Barbie stuff and you know. were hard no on that. And I'd get frustrated. And, mm-hmm. um, so that was always just, you know, we'd play, but then there was just this edge of like, you were in control mm-hmm. of how that all went down. And, um, but yeah, it was it was fun. We have so many good memories, great vacations as kids. Holidays, we, Christmas oh, yeah. was always magical and yeah, so many fun family vacations and yeah, just we just we really did have a, a great childhood. Some of my favorite memories of you you are an animal lover, mm-hmm. still are, mm-hmm. very passionate about that and you would always try to sneak. We would always we usually had some kind of pet. My our mom was allergic to cats, so mm-hmm. Megan would go and our, we had these neighbors that would have these litters of kittens. Their, their cats would have these litters oh. of kittens and you would always be trying to sneak a kitten into mm-hmm. the house and you s- would stick them under the bed mm-hmm. and mom would start to sneeze just out of control. And that's how she knew you had a kitten under the bed because she was sneezing. Uh, you raised bunnies at one point. Remember you yeah. found a tiny litter of these little tiny baby bunnies, brought them all in the house, bottle fed them. Mm-hmm. They got super chubby and fat and like you had to let them go on into the wild where wild rabbits are not super chubby. No, these were like just butterball. Right. You had, you had fed them (laughs) to the point where they were not able to like, they had to go out back into the wild. We couldn't keep all the bunnies. Um, Yeah. You always wanted pets of some sort and you had a rabbit for a while i did i had a rabbit his name was mcintyre yeah after joe mcintyre new kids on the block oh always new kids on the block we shared that common interest as well um and still do to this day that we love new kids on the block (laughs) that hasn't changed nope um yeah i was always really into animals and just trying to convince my parents i was the one who did a lot of like the begging for things or mm-hmm. like you know and you'd always tell me i was good at it so you're maybe really good at being very persuasive like we didn't really skills came from i know we didn't really eat a lot of like sugary cereals and stuff but we would always want them so megan would always go to the store mm-hmm. with mom to get the, I, cause if I was the kind of child where if I asked for something and was told no, I'd say, okay, I did not want to upset anybody, rock the boat, none of that. Megan, on the other hand, would make her case like an attorney about why we needed this, that, and the other. So I would have her go to the store with Megan and, or with my mom and beg for the sugary treats and the cereal. And you'd usually come back with something. I got something out of it. I was just kind of relentless. I think I exhausted mom and dad to the point of just like, I wouldn't (laughs) let it go. And that hasn't changed to this day. But I I think that's a trait though. And if any of you are listening that have, have a daughter, I think especially like that, that is not a trait that you want her to lose because I think it served you incredibly well Mm -hmm. as a business owner, uh, going after what you've wanted. I think the more people tell, you no, the more you try to do what you want to do yeah. and it's worked out and you've done an incredible job. We'll get into all that too. But I think that was a trait that 
you cultivated over our childhood yeah. and it worked well for us well, in terms of the thank treats you i'm stuff. that's i couldn't have been an easy child you know to like to raise i wasn't naughty or you know no. or disrespectful but i was no. relentless in some yeah. ways and um that's can be kind of kind of frustrating you know but um we just had a great time growing up together. Yeah. I've always stayed close and it's been a real gift to be able to work together, to raise children together at the same yep. time frame. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's been really, really, really great to be able to do those things and have, have mm -hmm. that great relationship. And regardless of our differences, they, they actually just beautifully complement mm -hmm. each other. Right. Um, yeah. so, I, I hope for others listening that you have, if not a sibling like that, which is, is really amazing, somebody like that in your life that um, really understands you, gets you, mm -hmm. listens to you, can offer you, you know, that kind of that support. So mm -hmm. it's been wonderful. Yeah. We do compliment each other well. When I tell people that we we work together, uh, they're like, oh, what is that like? And it's funny because I'm the oldest, but you're definitely the boss. I mean, as far as these are your companies <laughs> that I, <laughs> that I work for. So I like um, to be bossy. Yeah. And so you're getting your revenge for <laughs> sure. Um, some days I go back to those Barbie days and I'm no, like, no, I'm just kidding. the trauma, right? <laughs> no, but you, I mean, we, I enjoy, so, so how it all kind of came together. So, and to kind of back up a little bit, you own several businesses mm -hmm. um you and our brother own a house flipping business and then you own two wedding venues mm -hmm. one here where we live and then one in galena illinois and then you also co-own an events company mm -hmm. uh and you have a podcast i do the Anna ellis wedding podcast if you are a in the wedding industry or just a business owner definitely check that out again the ann and ellis podcast yes. and so, but you've always had, I mean, I think you've worked in typical office settings, but you've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, even as a child, you were babysitting at a very young age, you were doing that kind of thing. And so when you were opening your first venue, I was working at my church at the time. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was not going to be a long-term employment scenario for me and you came to me and said hey I'm you know and by then I knew you were opening the wedding venue but you were like hey would you want to work with me you can work from home and I had been praying literally praying for nine years because my son was nine at the time that I could find a position where I had a lot more flexibility to be with him and then you said you know I can't really pay you very much but you could work from home and I'm like I'm in where do I sign up I'm ready to go let's do this and so throughout that first summer, the, the venue was being built. You were booking weddings mm -hmm. when it was a hole in the ground. There yeah. was no building to show anybody other than renderings from the architect. Right. And you were booking it like crazy. And the plan was, was that I was going to help you do the weddings because you were going to do the weddings. You did all the weddings the first over a year by yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was going to help you with that and then maybe do some of this behind the scenes stuff. And I did two weddings with you and I said, I hate this. I don't <laughs> want to do the actual wedding day itself. I just, my controlling nature and my nerves, I just couldn't handle it. And you are so good at the quick on your feet, problem solving. We're going to figure it out. No fear. I've got this attitude, which again is another thing that I, I love about you, but 
I'm like, please, I'll do anything. I'll do anything else. I promise. And so you, what we ended up figuring out was that I'm better at like the behind the scenes, paperwork, payroll, paying the bills kind of stuff and the contracts. And you are, you've done hundreds of weddings and we just complement each other in that way very well. We do because those are the things that I would a not do well. They would get missed. They would be done wrong. They wouldn't be done. I mean, those are the kind of things that I just, ugh, I do not enjoy. (laughs) I don't enjoy it at all. I and I struggle with it to be honest. I'm not good at it. Like I, I can do it, but I would rather be the one. Um, out at the event, working Mm -hmm. with a client. I, I actually love it when, you know, I want things to go well. I'm not saying I love it when there's problems, but I, I love that energy that I Mm -hmm. get from like thinking on my feet and, and, um, you know, having to change things up and, and some people just don't, it's anxiety producing or Mm -hmm. it just makes you feel uncomfortable and the good thing is we discovered that pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's interesting to see where the business started and, and, you know, evolved to, I think at our second wedding, we were having a little bit different, difficult time with a, a client as early on. I don't know if that it was exactly the second wedding, but, mm-hmm. um, we hid in a closet yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that photo cause we were having a difficulty with a client and we both just kind of were like, we need to just get away for a minute. And, and, um, so we've come far yeah. from that. We, we've really come far, but no, it's, it's a gift to me to have a team, not only that I can trust, but that has a skill set that, that I don't have and that, and that you actually enjoy that, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing what you enjoy, right? Um, what you're good at, where, uh, where your strengths are and they're not where mine are. And so that's, that's really great. And all of the things are critically important, right? Right. If, if those, all the work that everybody's doing is it, important. It absolutely yeah. is. Everything that we do here, um, is really, you know, really important. So I'm really glad that we can work together. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that you've got that skill set that, that I don't have. So yeah. it's, it is fun. And you're also the person, you know, that when I have a business, but owning your own businesses is hard um, mm-hmm. in a lot of respects, and it's wonderful in a lot of respects. I I wouldn't trade it. I don't want right. to do it. I don't want to work for anyone else. I love owning my own businesses, but there, that comes with a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes with a lot of stress, and you're always the person I just download everything onto. If mm-hmm. I, you know, and you listen to me and um and give really really good advice, you know, <laughs> wow. on on all of that kind of stuff on and uh, not sugar-coated you know you you love me I'm your sister but you're like here's the reality and here's the things you need to think about and yeah yeah well and and it's funny you say that because in my life growing up like even in high school I was the one that my friends would come and talk to Mm -hmm. and I throughout my life I've always kind of been that person that maybe I should have been a therapist I don't know yeah but yeah. And I don't know what that is just relationally or whatever, but yeah. And I have a human resources background, so I'm used to looking at things from the organizational perspective, wearing that hat, but also then looking at it from the, the staff or employee person's perspective to try to really get the bigger picture. And I love that. Like, I love when you come to me and be like, okay, here's something that's happening. What can we do? And we might not totally agree exactly on, you know, how to handle it or exactly the steps or whatever, but 
on the whole, we agree with what needs to happen, like in terms of the end results and how we get there might be a little different or our approach might be different, but we can have those conversations. And you're right. I hope everyone listening has somebody like that in their life, whether it's personal relationship, professionally, you have somebody like that. And we talk about our different skill sets and, you know, definitely when I was younger in my twenties and thirties, I definitely did not see myself being more of that behind the scenes, individual contributor support person. I wanted to be a manager. I got my MBA. I was going to manage people and lead a team. And I realized very quickly with a couple of really tough work challenges that that is not my strength. Mm -hmm. I am not great at that. I'm better behind the scenes. I shine more and better there than I do in that leadership role. You, on the other hand, are very good in that role, that forward-facing, front-facing role, whether it be with our team or the clients. um, That's where your strength is. And so, yeah, I think it's great that we can work together, that we complement each other. Um, And you're right. It's I've watched you, you know, build these businesses, and it is a lot of pressure and but you throughout the whole thing, like I remember when you were building your first venue, how many times you were told no, mm. you know, mm-hmm. by builders or whatever. And then you ended up, you know, finding Matt and, and Griner and what a blessing they've been. Yeah. But, um, you know, you just did not give up that relentless pursuit of what you believed in. And you still do that now, you yeah. know, again, which is again, just a great trait and, um, it's something I don't think you can always teach somebody, you know, yeah, maybe, born you know, in you that you had that. I, so. I think, and as I, you know, in middle age, looking back, it, it definitely just is a personality trait that I've mm-hmm. had, but I think it's hopefully something that people look at. I think, you know, I'm not saying I've made it, you know, I'm still working on things right. constantly and, and my businesses and there's still a lot of growth to, to have happened, but it came from where I'm at in middle age now If hopefully people look at someone with a business like mine and think it was instantaneous or it was mm. an easy path. I'm mm. like, it was, it's been years. It's been yeah. years and years of figuring it out and pivoting and turning and being told no. And I mean, it's been years of that. So I think that is yeah. a beautiful thing about middle age is mm-hmm. maybe you start to figure out a, where, where you're where you mm-hmm. fit, right. Where you, and, and to me, um, I think there's some sort of, you know, maybe glamour around, you know, being the manager, owning the business, being the, the leader that doesn't, it's not that (laughs) like just, you need to find where you fit, where it feels right. You know, where in your gut, what, whatever you're doing in your life, if it's, even if it's owning your own business, you may not be the best person to be the front facing person. right? Right. Um, that th- take that ego out of that and um, find where you fit best, what feels right within your gut, within your spirit, you know, that you feel really at home and like you can contribute and do a, a good job. And I think mm-hmm. as I've gotten closer in, 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 I should say closer to middle age, I'm in middle age. Yep, um, you're in it. I'm right smack yeah. dab in it. Um, <laughs> that, yep. uh, I, uh, you know, have, I think I've figured that out. Mm-hmm. I still work on it. Doesn't mean it's like a, there's not a, a line in the sand where it's right. done and it's over. But that's a beautiful thing about being in middle age, just kind of mm-hmm. figuring like this is who I am. This is what I'm good at. This is where I'm meant to be and how I can best contribute um, professionally for sure. Right. I totally agree. I think um, if anything, I've figured out at this stage of my life being 49 
that I know where I'm meant to be mm-hmm. professionally. I know how I want to spend my time professionally and personally, who I want to spend my time with in those areas. And I would say before, you know, I would say this has probably just been in the last several years that I really figured out like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. This is who I want to be with and everything else is noise. And of course there's always going to be things that pop up that you don't anticipate or that you, you know, couldn't imagine that come up, but it's like, yeah, okay. And you're right. You It's not like you've arrived and everything's done. Mm-hmm. There's still tons of development and learning and growing and changing. But now I know where I want to focus all of that. Absolutely. I don't want all the extraneous stuff that I used to think I had to do because I had to please this person. I'm a recovering people pleaser. So I was always trying to make everyone else happy and figuring out like, yeah, you know, of course I want to be kind to people and compassionate and help others and do all those things and serve people well. But I know who I want to be with on the daily, who I want to spend my time with, the memories I want to make, the trips I want to take or not take. Mm-hmm. I want, or, you know, the things I want to do work-wise, you know, just setting some boundaries there. And it's, you know, um, I just can't express that feeling. And I'm not saying it takes everybody to their forties to get there, but I think there's something about, I don't think it's like turning 40, but you hit this point where, you know, like this is where I want to be. And there's probably people in their forties, fifties, sixties that still aren't there. And that's Mm -hmm. okay too. But yeah, I really, you really get into that, that groove of I'm finally, you know, I feel like I'm in the right spot. Yeah. That's a, that's That's a really, really beautiful thing. I think. Um, so as your hair is turning gray, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) you finally figured one thing out. No, I, I, I agree. I I love that. And, and like you said, um, figuring out your, again, we are both really into Enneagram, right? Right. And Mm -hmm. we can talk about that in a little bit too. Figuring out again, who you are as an individual and your personality. I think as you get to middle age, you, everybody has, you know, their strengths and what speaks to them and, and, and they know how they show up in the world. And in your younger years, sometimes you can just feel disjointed or not Mm -hmm. know, um, how to, how to show up properly. And it's, um, self-awareness comes more with middle age. I feel like, um, Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly, right? It's it's becoming more self-aware. I definitely am more self-aware. Um, I think as an Enneagram seven, Mm -hmm self-awareness may be something that we struggle with a little bit. I can see it showing up in my life. Um, and I can explain it in a minute when we dig, if we dig mm-hmm. into any yeah, gram of where I, I struggle, but you know, I, I think in the middle age, I, you figure out, you know, who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that about, uh, I think back in my, my twenties and, um, you know, just think being very chameleon like, which is great in one respect, but it's like, you know, there's a Taylor Swift song. I'm, yes, I'm bringing up Taylor Swift. Because mm. <laughs> mm. um, she's, I mean, she's everywhere, right? Everybody right. to talk about Taylor Swift. Um, well, I don't even know the name of the song, but I was listening like, uh, is it, doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, it's just one of her many songs about probably one of her buddy dates or boyfriends, but she's right. like, I'll figure out um, the girl that you want and I'll be that girl for a month. Mm. Right. You know? And so I yeah. think about that in young women oh yeah women that are younger it's like 
that is su such a 20s for some people even 30s personality thing you're like you're just trying to be who everybody else wants you to be mm -hmm. and whether that's in a you know a romantic relationship a work relationship and I feel like as you get to middle age you're like I'm gonna figure out who I am and I'm gonna be me for me and it's not that's not like you know middle fingers up to the world it's just no. like here's who I am and I don't want to figure out who you need me to be mm -hmm. um and uh yeah, I'm still, that is something I'm still really working on for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, you talked about the Enneagram a little bit. And for those that don't know, the Enneagram is basically a personality uh, tool. So if you've ever taken Myers-Briggs or the StrengthsFinder or any leadership tools that deal with your leadership style, for example, there used to be one called Leadership 360. I don't even know if that's around mm. anymore or DISC or there's just a bunch of different ones. But anyway, the Enneagram is uh, an assessment. There are nine types. And basically, it's just learning which type you are, figuring that out. And then it uh, really is a tool that you have in your toolbox mm -hmm. that you can use to help you as you navigate the world. And it helps you kind of learn more about yourself, how you... Um, it's the motivation of why you behave the way you do. So it's not your behavior. It's not the what that you do. It's the why. So why do I do this? Why do I say that? Why do I behave this way in these situations? And I, I should probably do a whole episode on the mm -hmm. Enneagram, but it's something I'm sure. really passionate about. And we've brought it into your workplace. Um, and we talk about it a lot because when I was, I learned about the Enneagram on a podcast and I thought this sounds really interesting. So I, you can take, there's free tests you can take. Tests are about 60 to 70% accurate though. So I ended up buying a book called The Road Back to You, Love which is book. like the best. It just very simply and very, in a very straightforward way, explains all nine types. And that's really the best way to figure out your type is to read about all the types. It's a super easy read and you, it'll help you. You'll rule out right away several types that are not you and you might land between two or three you have to kind of sort that through but anyway so there's nine types and it's just a tool to help you figure out how you navigate through the world it's like your lens right how do I view the world through this lens and so I'm a two which is and they're all the different nine types depending on who you follow or listen to about the Enneagram they are called different things but it's typically called the helper mm -hmm. and the twos are people who are very much in tune with other people, their needs. We tend to push our own needs to the side and focus on everybody else, which can get you into trouble. And, and again, I can go into this more maybe on a, another episode. And so I read the road back to you and I, I knew I was a two, none of the other types. I mean, there's some types that I could have maybe been, but mm -hmm. I've always tested as a two. Everything I read about the two, I'm a two. And as I was reading the book, I read about the seven and I started to laugh out loud because this <laughs> is my sister. I said, I, I, she is the most seven who ever sevened. <laughs> and I didn't tell you that. I think I told you to take a test or yeah. something. And then you're like, I'm a seven. I'm like, yep, I knew that. <laughs> and sevens are typically called the enthusiasts. They're people who have just this sense of spontaneity, adventure. They're uh, always very um, up for anything. I mean, these are broad characteristics. So not every seven fits exactly sure. into these different things, but you're someone who is, um, you know, they'll say like the life of the party, but someone who's just very up for adventure and, and excitement and wants everybody else to be as excited 
about it. Very forward future thinking. So always kind of on to the next thing. Once something gets kind of rote or mundane, they're like, nah, don't have time for that. I want to do this over here. And so kind of to what you were saying is that you, you know, are always very excited about things or very, and you want to, and you do anything you can to kind of avoid pain, Mm -hmm. emotional pain, dealing in negativity. And so you all, and you kind of want everybody else, you know, to come along for the ride. And so as you were saying, sometimes you're recognizing in yourself, like, oh, maybe not everybody wants to go do this thing that I think would be awesome and amazing. And why would everybody not want to do that thing like I will sometimes like I know you'll message me and you're like I'm gonna go sled downwards, <laughs> naked on a slide down a hill in the snow and I'll I mean I'm making this up but and you should come with me and you yeah. need to come in too and do it too and I'm uh, um no I'm not doing that I don't I that's a hundred that's a really silly example but no. like you'll 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 think of something and sometimes yeah. yeah it's like oh yeah that would be fun to do and I've actually been trying to be more not very well, but trying to be a little more spontaneous because I tend to not be that. But um, yeah. And so, but I think where it served you really well in business is you are never afraid to try. Mm-mm. Like you have no fear of trying something that doesn't work, set it aside, try something else. You That, that sevenness about you, you've never had that fear of failure I guess I mean and everybody kind of does fear failure a little but you really are like you know what I'm gonna try this I'm gonna do this I don't in in business in just life I don't see what could go wrong with most things like and she's laughing you can't see her but as as she's as I'm saying that (laughs) um I'm like what could be bad what could go wrong with this you know and Mm -hmm. then people in my life um hence my sister are like well let's People could die. I tell you all the 10 things. And that is actually, it's funny because I think that is more of a need for control that I have because I'm, and I'm not going to get into wings today because it's just a whole nother rabbit hole, but um, two wing one. So ones are, are, um, we tend to be a little, can can be controlling. And I have definitely have a a one wing um, with my two. And so I will always tell you why it's not going to work out. And we, this happens a lot. Um, Mm -hmm where you'll, you'll say, Hey, I have this idea for the venue or this or that or whatever. And I'll say, well, okay, here's the 10 reasons why you shouldn't do it. And then you'll come right back and you'll go, okay, but, and you'll tell me 10 reasons how you're going to fix or, or overcome those reasons or, or those reasons you will figure that out, you know, kind of thing. And you figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you are open and you listen to the feedback that I have, which is always usually very why you shouldn't or whatever. And I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm also very protective and I don't want to see anyone that I love and care about be hurt or put themselves in a position where, you know, something could happen. So, but then, yeah, you kind of figure it out. And I think, and that's again, just a great trait to have personally and professionally and, or I will go, Oh, you know, yeah, you're right. Okay. I didn't think about that. So that's, that may not work. Let's, but what I will then do is usually pivot like, well, let's turn right then and you know so I do need that rea- it's a reality check mm-hmm. um I probably live a little bit and you know not I, I, like I said I don't I look at pretty much any situation and go this is absolutely possible right but I mean there's got to be a way to figure it out mm-hmm. um let's do it so that's a very seven thing um the other thing if I could describe myself as a seven you know because I always say life for the party whatever I'm not mm-hmm. like I don't 
I don't want to go to every party. That's not right. me. That's so you don't have like the FOMO. No. No. Some sevens are really have major FOMO. They don't like what to miss I out. I find I love like, and this is where <laughs> I can have to self-awareness has to kick in. Like if, if we have a fun, like I love planning like a fun day. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't want it to end. So where most people are like, okay, let's go. For example, I was just in, in Montana visiting my daughter and I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to start off with the breakfast at the cute coffee shop. And then we're driving to Yellowstone and we're going to see the animals. And then we should, you know, have lunch and then, um, take the, the lift up the mountain and follow with dinner. Like I don't want fun to stop. Right. So I don't necessarily want to be in a big crowd or like a big party, but I think that's where sevens, they don't want the fun to end. Mm-hmm. They don't, they like just love being happy and they love doing things. And so where most people are like, I'm good. Like I don't, Right. Need I'll do to. the first five things, but the other 10 things you have, I'm like, not they're exhausted. Yeah. Right. I think we can exhaust people, um, mentally and, and physically. And mm-hmm. like, you know, they're just, it's maybe too much. And so where I've like my relationship with my husband, he, and if you're a seven, you may relate to this, or maybe you don't know that you're a seven, but you're like, that's me. Um, he might be like, is it, is it ever enough? And I'm like, mm it's not coming from a negative place. It's like, what, enough fun, enough joy? No, it never is. Like, why would I want that to end, right? So I, and I get very excited about just doing little things, right? Like, let's go to, you know, the the farmer's market. Let's do this and let's do that. Like, it's like, they just, and and the other thing too is, sometimes sevens, or if you find yourself feeling this way, you get excited and you're wondering, like, why don't, why are you not, why would you not want to do that? Like I still mm-hmm. really, really struggle with not understanding why people are not excited about the same things that I'm excited about. And I try hard to sell it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you do. I'm like, let's go to the da 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 and do this. It'll be really fun. And everybody's looking at me like, you're crazy. No. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm still working on that. But in, like you said, the strength, the good part of that is that I can motivate people. I get people mm-hmm. excited. I'm I can get people on board. I can rally people to do things. And um, Mm -hmm. so that is, that is uh, the good part of that. But where we function really well, again, is that, um, you know, I can come up with ideas and get Mm -hmm. momentum and get excited. And then you can analyze it from like a safety and a reality Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, standard and and look at it, but you do it in a way that doesn't you know, sevens don't like their dreams to be crushed, right? Sevens need yeah. people that stay positive around them and, and you still do that. And so through, you know, again, everything we do as a family and in, mm-hmm. in life and in business, um, we complement each other really well. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow the show to make sure the latest episode is on your podcast feed each week. I would greatly appreciate a rating and a five-star review on the podcast platform you're listening on. It helps others to find the show. If there are topics you'd like to have discussed on the show, please email me at the Marvelous Middle Age Podcast at gmail.com. The Marvelous Middle Age Podcast is produced by Riley Mullane and is part of the Ananellis Studios Network.